Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like cleanup on aisle four. Welcome to episode 177 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. How's it going, man? Oh, man, it's going. It's going cray cray banana, Steve. I don't this even is, know what those words mean. I don't even know either. They just came out of my face. <laughs> yeah, it's May. It's all taken care of. Kids and concerts and 
and birthdays and driving things around and I got a sick cat and there's a new like broke dick car in the whole family that needs to be tended to and I don't even know I wake up every morning and just go what am I doing today today and, and at the end of the day I'm like all right I did a whole bunch of stuff and yet the day was a complete write-off I've accomplished nothing next so thank god I'm podcasting at least when this is over you can look down and go hey I made a thing you will rest assured in the knowledge that uh, you have babbled incoherently on the internet. I have, thank Jesus. You As opposed to Dick typing Jones incoherently. Argued yeah. about Game of Thrones, probably. Probably. <laughs> All the things that the internet is really used for. I don't even know what your opinion is about Game of Thrones, but I can tell you right now, you're wrong. Well, you'll find out. You're we'll talk stupid about that and wrong. Multimedia trio. Molly Molly, all right. Before we get to that, though, we got to talk a little bit about the music this episode. Uh, got some cool stuff from the Accused AD. We opened the show with Juego Terminado, the, uh, actually the music video that we played at the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Uh, the Accused AD just released a brand new album called The Ghoul in the Mirror, which came out uh, last week, and uh, currently they are on tour. I think in a couple of nights they play... St. Vitus in New York, which, uh, interestingly enough, is also where uh, Two Minutes to Late Night is filmed, Gord. Crazy! So Also the name of a punk band back in the 80s. So worlds are colliding, and I'm, I'm happy with that. So we're going to have a bunch more uh, accused AD to share with you as the episode proceeds, uh, as well as an interview with Blaine Cook, the vocalist of said band. Uh, but that's not all, Gord. Really, Steve? What else? Tell me now. Do I get the bamboo uh, in steamer? In May, Crypticon Seattle happened. So in addition to that, we'll do a quick rundown of uh, the sights, the sounds, the smells of Crypticon Seattle 2019. And we've got an interview with Art the Clown himself from the film Terrifier, David Howard Thornton. Wonderful. That should be terrifying. Oh, dude. Do you still remember that short the short terrifier, this corrid clown short that we saw our second year of the fest. And we went after it, and right at that time, the director, Damien Leone, had sold the rights to make a feature and sort of wrap it into a, an anthology film with that short. And we weren't able to get it. But I remember, it's so disturbing, and it really left a mark on me. Yeah, what I did is I took a, an ice pick, and I inserted it just like on the inside of my eyeball, just like right near the tear duct, and pushed it up into my brain until I could like get rid of that memory. <laughs> so it was very interesting a couple of years ago when they came out with a feature film version, which also is disturbing. And uh, it was kind of cool to talk to David about it. So you'll hear that uh, coming up soon. So, uh, But first, before we do that. First, yes. What we do every episode about this time. Gord, what pisses you off, man? I, I broke my glasses, Steve. <laughs> Nerd. I know. It finally happened. I went through most of my life without needing reading glasses. I got old and needed them. And then finally it happened. That thing that happens to everyone with glasses. I was somewhere. I reached into my pocket because I needed to read something that was typed in a normal size font. <laughs> and like half my glasses come out. Just bloop. And I'm, I'm trying to close one eye and reads it was a goddamn train wreck and i was i was that old man like 
trying to read something with a with a pair of broken glasses just pathetic just goddamn pathetic pisses me off i finally become that person yeah and what, what sucks too is it's not all it's not just like the size of the font also i find my eyes are really susceptible to light god forbid i drop a screw on the floor it might as well have dropped onto mars because i'm never going to find it without a flashlight now Pretty soon, I think my reading glasses are going to be supplanted with the kind that actually have lights on the on the edges. That would be just, cool. Just like jeweler's glasses. Yeah, I'm doing that. Or or like night vision goggles, like a, a Navy SEAL type deal. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be good. Like or turn everything green. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Yeah. I don't know about reading in those things, but I'd give it a shot. <laughs> I think there's a, a mode on Kindle for that. Night vision mode. <laughs> Is there? I don't know, because my wife's Kindle constantly wakes me up. She hasn't turned up bright enough that it's three in the morning, she can't sleep, and then there's like a Klieg like click in my face. <laughs> Brown. Ah! You're like, I know nothing! Run! I, I try to jump the wire. It's bad. You have wires in your bedroom? Yeah. Well, see, you're thinking of like a light for interrogation. I'm thinking of lights like around the perimeter of some prison or something. I don't know. It's I guess we all have our own nightmares. <laughs> I guess so. What about you, Steve? What's pissing you off, man? Well, I find myself really annoyed with how people use social media lately. That's why I don't use Twitter. It seems like that there's there's two two particular things that annoy me that people tend to do. One is the type of dude who pisses and moans about everything. That drives me nuts because isn't that what this show is? Uh, no, it really isn't. We I oh. find that we talk more about stuff that we like than stuff that we don't like. I mean, should we talk about what pisses us off? Of course, but there, we all have friends who all they do is just bitch about stuff, and every day it's like. The, and, and if anybody, you know, a couple people will call them on it, and they're sort of backpedal. They're like, "Well, you can see my point." Blah 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 blah, and that fucking annoys me. The other thing is people who. You know, like, you and I are always, we tend to say stuff about, like, what we're doing, or we watch something, this is cool, check it out. People who are only sort of talking about themselves, like, oh, tough day today, it was a bad one. Like, they're they're just waiting for you to say, oh, I'm sorry, man, I hope you have a better day. That drives me nuts, too, because it seems like it's very one-sided. It's not giving, it's just sort of taking so that, that sort of bugs me, too. So those are two sort of just negative suck things that lately have really been annoying me about social media. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's not you, actually. You don't oh. do that. <laughs> I was you trying post, to be that. Like, most I thought times, you were, like, being the guy, and I was, like, I was like you, most you know. Most of the time you post about kittens and shit. Yeah, yeah. Trying to promote stuff that's, uh, I don't know, going on in my world that I can, that I can post about. So I, I can promise you that, people. If you're my friend on Facebook... I'm going to give you cool shit to listen to, cool stuff to think about, a few jokes now and then, but I'm not going to fucking be a negative suck on you. That's my promise to you. Wow, Steve. And that's why I won't piss you off. You, you'll probably piss me off. Oh, I, yeah, piss you off. Specifically. Yeah, specifically piss me off. So, Steve, yeah. we're going to listen to some more music? All right. Don't mind if I do. This is actually my favorite tune off the brand new album from the Accused AD. It's called And the Devil Walks. Yeah. 
right, once again, that was my personal favorite cut from the brand new Accused AD album, The Ghoul in the Mirror, which is called The Devil Walks. So fucking good. Joining me now on the show, the one and only Blaine Cook. How you doing, man? I'm doing very good. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. It is. It's a wonderful day. There's a brand new Accused AD out. Uh, what what more could you want? Uh, well, I got my car fixed today, and they they finally put put some new windows in my house. So, <laughs> hey, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it was an action action. Well, not an action packed day for me because I've had to sit around <laughs> while these guys did the work. But uh, you know, absolutely. Well, I just uh, before we jump into the new album, I just wanted to say what an honor it was to have the opportunity to show your uh, Wego Terminado video at the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. That was a really cool moment, man. I wish I could have been there, and um, I don't know. I was very, very happy that uh, that you know that you were able to show it. You know, I, I know uh, Jason uh, Frosty, the guy that uh, that did it. He was he he was he was pretty excited. I'm not sure that he really ever thought that something like that was going to happen for him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awfully cool just the way it tied in. You know, it's it's a perfect splatter video, and you know we just happen to have this thing. And then on top of it, you know, as I mentioned to you before, uh, Gordon and I have been listening to one form or another of the accused since literally we were like freshmen in high school. So it was so cool to, for everything just to come together in this this situation. Right on. So, dude, Ghoul in the Mirror, I've got to say, is just wrecking shit. It's such a great listen. It just hit the streets. I was kind of wondering now, you guys have been the same tight group of performers for a while now. When you go from yeah. toe-tag to accused AD, are you just writing what you do, or is there any other sort of different thought process going to writing this new album? Absolutely. It's, it's just it's the same songs. You know, it's just, call it, call it a rebranding, you know. I don't know. I, I, it was just, it was our time to be able to have people appreciate what we do and, um, you know, re, re, you know, kind of rebranding ourselves as the accused AD was something that was going to give us, um, a little bit more presence, a little bit more, more exposure. But, uh, beyond that, no, it's, it's the same. Alex Megabrain writes, writes all the music and, um, it's just the same, you know, he comes up with the, the riffs that he wants to come up with. And yeah, it's just the same as, as toe tag. I would say the only, the only difference is, is, um, uh, Mickey, who, who's our drummer right now, he's probably the most aggressive, kind of more of a hardcore type of a drummer, mm -hmm. um, that, that we've played with. Um, even after, you know, we played with Steve Nelson, who was one of the, um, original accused drummers, right. you know, he was kind of a more... Yo, O-Ring Steve Nelson, yes, indeed. And he retired from music because he uh, hurt, hurt his shoulder. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, he would probably still be playing with us right now. Mickey's just, just uh, he's, he's more, more, more of a, an aggressive drummer. And, uh, you know, I think if, if there's anything that, you know, has kind of changed the way we sound, I'd have to say it would be the drumming. Well, I got to say, I love the energy that Mickey brings to the band. He is just on fire 24-7. I read his posts online and just what a fun guy. And then he just shreds yeah, on well, the album as well, which is just, what a great addition to the group. Yeah, and he's one of those, he's somebody who's been an accused fan for, you know, since he was he was in junior high as well. And uh, he's wanted to play with us um, for, for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we've been in touch with him. You know, we've, we've known the guy for, you know, for quite some time. And he's really dedicated. He, he lives in Portland. Oh, wow. And he comes up to Seattle. He ride, rides the bus up, uh, you know, once a week, um, sometimes depending on his work schedule. And, you know, yeah, we, you know, we, we practice, you know, a couple of days and then, you know, then he, he heads back home. But yeah, he's yeah, totally, totally dedicated to what we're doing. 
Well, I love all the stuff that you're putting together for this album release. A lot of people might just, you know, release a CD and, and be done with it. But this time, you've got amazing colored vinyl. Uh, on my, I got a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, I got the CD. Yeah. Uh, and additionally, yeah. you guys are working on a comic book, which is just fantastic. Yeah, the comic book, you know, we, we have all the art. It would have been, it would have come out a little bit sooner, but, um, you know, with, with what we do, I mean, there, there's no money in it. So we kind of, we kind of embrace like kind of more of like an early 80s, um, hardcore, you know, D, uh, you know, DIY network of friends, you know, mm, type sure. of the deal. So, you know, some people we have to pay, um, because that's where they are and what they do. But, you know, we have a lot of people that just, just, you know, do stuff for us because, you know, they really love what we do. So we had everything together. We had the mock-up done, but we are still waiting, waiting on art from, from two people but the guy that's doing the layout and putting it together for us um he's uh, a brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu guy and oh, wow. he is uh he had just opened up a uh, a jiu-jitsu studio in, in seattle you know he he's been wanting to do this for, for for years and he finally got a spot so his, his time got taken up with doing that as we were waiting for this art so that's that's why it's not ready yet but um he's you know he's putting it together and it's it's going to be coming. Well, one of the things that uh, my co-host Gord wanted me to ask now, being big music fans, there are a lot of vocalists that, that we've appreciated for many years. You're Bruce Dickinson, Rob Halford, Neil Fallon from Clutch. How do you keep your voice in such fine form for those growls and gurgles? Um, I guess at this point it's kind of technique. I don't know that I would be able to do it if we were on tour for an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm, sure. I probably I would I wouldn't be able to smoke pot. You know, I mean, it's like I kind of understand now. You you know, with with what I do, mm -hmm. um, I can't get too loaded. I can't smoke pot before we play. Um, sometimes when we play two or three shows in a row, I can't smoke pot at all. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's just how it is. Um, You're on like the, the tea and, and, and lemon and, and stuff like that. Um, if, if I start to get sick, you know, I'll, I'll mm. do something like that, but that's not, I, I, I don't have to. So I bring it up from the diaphragm. I did, I took voice lessons for a little bit, mm. um, in the very mid eighties. So, you know, I understand the, you know, of using your diaphragm and proper breathing and, and, you know, um, all of that and trying not, try not to push too hard. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's, it's just kind of technique, and my voice is my voice has changed over the years. I mean, there's there's some higher higher stuff that I that I just can't I can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that's hey, that's, you know, I'm I'm, clo I'm close I'm closer to sixty than twenty five. So I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that I'm still that I'm still doing this. You know, that's that's aren't pretty cool. Aren't we all, cool. man? Aren't we all? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, speaking of touring, uh, you guys are about to head out, correct? Yes, we are. We're um, leaving Sunday afternoon, and we're driving across these uh, great United States, and uh, we're playing in uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn on Thursday. St. Vitus, right? And, uh, yeah, we're playing at the, at the St. Vitus, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going to be pretty cool. Our, our we're really at uh, Two Minutes to Late Night film, so uh, hopefully uh, you'll have a few uh, friends there show up and rock out with you. I hope so, yeah. We, pl we played Brooklyn um, about two years ago, and the place we played, the sound guy was so loaded and he was playing like this weird uh 50s kind of like doo-wop music between the bands which you know I'm, really? which you know oh. but we're, yeah so it was kind of weird and then then he just he just left after the first <laughs> band and, and the guy and he never and he never came back so That's yeah so actually, actually yeah so actually alex got up there and got behind the uh got behind the soundboard and kind of kind of got a sound for this uh for this other band that we were doing all these shows with, and yeah, it was it was 
never never ever had that happen 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 before so yeah we're you know we're hoping to be able to uh, redeem it redeem it this this time around yeah sure no i can't imagine hey can i get a little more of uh, alex in the oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> jesus all right man well uh where can our listeners find your stuff you can get our stuff uh through our website okay which is splatterrock.com and uh the, the second pressing of the new record is going to be, um, I think right now the plan is he's going to do 400 on just black vinyl, and then he's going to do 100 on Glow in the Dark. Oh, nice. Um, and that's that would be through uh, the Black House Records. All right. And, uh, yeah. The good thing about working uh, working with a label is... Um, Scott, who have runs, who it's his, his label, another another uh, you know DIY type of a deal. He gets to do all the work. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, but, my yeah. version. I got the uh, black with yellow stitching in it, spread throughout. It looks badass. You know what? Side that, masticating that... is absolutely frameable, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like that. Yes, yeah. The guy that did those uh, did, did the label arts. His name is uh, Chad, Chad Litsky. And he's a uh, he's a horror writer. Um, oh, cool. you know, people people should uh, yeah people should check him out. He's done some really really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, he's got a couple a couple of new things that are coming out. And he's also an artist. And you know, he's another one who's been a you know a strong supporter of uh, what we do for you know for well over a decade. Fantastic. Yeah, really great guy. All right. Well, uh, so was the first print run totally sold out? Yeah, totally sold out. Yeah. Nice. That's that's fantastic, yeah. man. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the show, Blaine. What pisses you off, man? Oh, man. You know what? I'm, uh, I always maintain a, a, a real, a real fuck you attitude. And I, I still really embrace the, uh, the fuck, the fuck the system thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, um, what pisses me off is that people are so surprised about the way that things have, are going when things really have never really gone all that well to begin with. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty good you know, point. Yeah, I'm definitely a fuck the system, and, and right now, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, whoever this, this clown, I don't even remember the guy's name who's president right now, but, you know, he's a clown, they're all clowns. Um, yeah, just fuck them all. That all just pisses me off and what pisses me off now is that people only read the headlines and they don't ever delve into the whole story so people start um, making opinions and judgments and stuff it's like well you're saying all this stuff did you even did you read more than the than the eight words on the uh, facebook tagline did you actually click the link and go and and, and take the take, take the time to read the, the thousand words that really tell you what's going on yeah no shit it's a, a lot of work to be informed man <laughs> yeah more work than yeah. most people want to put into it yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's bring bring back the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of horrors, uh, why don't you introduce this next song, man? This next song is called "A Terrible Tale," and this is uh, some of it is kind of an ode to if anybody's familiar. There was a uh, a series of prank calls that were made um, in the mid to late seventies um, by these guys on the on the East Coast, and it's um, sometimes they're called the Tube Bar Tapes, and uh, they're just these these guys that are torturing a whole bunch of different people. But this one guy they torture is this guy Red, and he works at the, at the Tube Bar, and uh, you know they call up, hey Red. You know, Red, yeah, we, we dug your mud up and we fucked a skeleton, you know, just then it, yeah, you fucking, you dirty rat bastards, come on down here, you know. It's just like the most, 
you know, by today's standards, it's it's not very PC, but that doesn't mean that it's still not funny. But you know, this is this is kind of like our our ode to uh, Old Red at the Tube Bar in Jersey City. All right, here you go, folks. A terrible tale. Blaine, the Duke of the Del Ridge, the lead singer for the Accused AD, Toe Tag, and many others, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show, yeah! All right, we are back. Once again, that was a terrible tale from the Accused AD, taken from The Ghoul in the Mirror on Black State Records. You can pick that up now at finer music establishments everywhere. And again, thank you to Blaine for joining us on this show. Pretty darn cool. Thanks, Blaine. So, dude, uh, Crypticon, man, that was a good time. You had to come up one of these years. I'm not zoned for that. You are absolutely zoned for that. It's just, I know it's always like a month after the film festival, so it's hard to get away for that. It's also in, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's in fucking May, right? Yeah, and it's in Seattle. Mm -hmm. It's in early May, though. It's barely in May. Just the tip is in May. Just the tip? Oh, well, (laughs) I guess it's okay, then. So, uh, of course, once again, I would like to stress one of the coolest things about Crypticon. Is Is you. No, not at all. Is the fact that it is a homegrown festival. 
Uh, our friend Tony K likes to call it Horror Geek Summer Camp, and that is the best thing that you can call it. Because you're like roaming around, you're seeing friends, everybody's in a great mood. You're removing, running from like a panel about great Lovecraft movies to the film festival room to watch a few shorts to bumping into a celebrity in the hallway and saying hi and you love their work. Go into the dealer room and buy a couple of Blu-rays of rare horror movies or pick up a t-shirt or something. I mean, there's just a lot of really cool stuff to do, but it is in such a friendly, low-key atmosphere. Like, you go to, to things like the larger conventions anymore, and they're just so about business. You know, it's like, okay, stand in line for four hours, and then you can pay $100 to get Superman's autograph or whatever the shit. <laughs> and Crypticon is really not about that. I mean, you can get a VIP pass, and there's actually, like, a lounge where you can go and just casually drink with celebrities. That's cool. It is just that chill. Yeah, we get to do the panels, and we get to do a bunch of fun stuff. You know, I presented uh, two different programs. We did Saturday Morning Cartoons, which was all of the animation from this year's film festival, uh, along with a few uh, unique surprises from my secret stash. And then we uh, followed it up on the last day with the best of the comedy of horrors, so two hours of the highest ranked, as voted by our audience, shorts. And, you know, that's an awesome time, but the most fun thing is, you know, having a few beers with a lot of different people and talking about awesome horror and stuff like that. It's just a great time. And, you know, having my family there all doing their own thing, that is also really cool. So I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, this convention more so than almost any other. The only other one is PAX, which is totally different. I mean, that's definitely standing in lines and too many people and craziness, but that also has its charms. But those, those, I'm glad that those two conventions are sort of the uh, anchors of my summer each year. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, did a, also did a panel on podcasting uh, with the uh, Tony and uh, Taylor from the Grave Plot Podcast and Reverend and Fuego from BJ Shea's Geek Nation. It was always good to uh, chat with those guys. Uh Additionally, though, even better than the panels I was on were the panels I attended. So uh, oh. my favorite was a panel that featured Brian and Gwen Callahan of the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland. It had Cody Goodfellow, a noted, renowned author. And uh, also, he has a great comedy horror short called Stay at Home Dad, which you've got to check out. It's so funny. Uh, and uh, Kelly Young. And it was a best Lovecraft you haven't read, seen, heard panel. And there was a lot of great shit that I was able to put down on my list. But it was interesting that, like, there are stuff that we, you know, Annihilation, for instance, came up, I think, as being, you know, a film that is sort of tangential to H.P. Lovecraft, that type of thing. But, yeah. uh, you know that, did you ever read that book, Smilla's Sense of Snow? No. I sold a million of these back in my bookstore days. It was a huge bestseller. And... It was a story of an Inuit detective, and she was trying to solve a murder mystery or something like that. I remember it being huge, but I didn't ever remember or understand that it had any sort of a an eldritch Lovecraftian type of angle, but evidently it does. So I felt pretty stupid that I had physically <laughs> hand-sold uh, you know, hundreds of copies of this back in the day and never realized that. So I got to dig that up and read it now. I was totally shocked. You've got a library, man. Yeah, no, oh, of course, there was, a again, the panel of, like, best horror of 2018, which gave me, you know, 
half a page of stuff on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, different films that I had missed over the last year that I'll be trying to fit into my watching schedule in the near future. So another great reason to go to Crypticon. Every year that is one of the best panels I find for uh, finding gems that you may have missed. Cool. Couple other highlights, uh, of course. Eric Morgret runs a top-notch film festival, and again, you know, we do it one day. This guy is putting up three straight days of content from noon until midnight. He's got features, he's got shorts. A couple of highlights I wanted to point out to you because I didn't get to spend a lot of time in the in the film room, but there was an amazing. Uh, adaptation of I Am the Doorway by Stephen King that I stumbled into. Oh my god, it was really? so good. I like the eyeballs in the dude's hands were like perfect. It was great. And then there was this other thing, it was pretty low-key movie, sort of a low-budget film about a guy who plays games on the internet, on uh, YouTube, and he's got a lot of followers who follow him. So, you know, one of these guys. And, uh, all of a sudden, this game that he's playing starts killing his followers off in real time. Damn it. And it's I like hate games one, like that. One actor, and it's his face the whole time, and he's he's going through, you know, pretty light stuff to some pretty dark stuff, and uh, really kind of well done and fun and interesting. So the film is called uh, Live Scream, directed by Michelle Iantonio and uh, starring Gunnar Willis. And uh, cool film, so just check that one out if you happen to stumble across it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Crypticon was kick-ass. Once again, awesome shopping. I picked up a few uh, DVDs for things that will probably be live-tweeting with the City of Geek folks uh, later on during the summer. And also, you know, the top-notch partying with friends, that's a good time. Uh, And, yeah, I just had a wonderful time, Again, check out Crypticon Seattle 2020 if you're around in Seattle. Right on. All right, well, why don't we jump into this interview, actually, with David Howard Thornton first, and then we'll uh, check out another tune from Accused AD. So here you tease. go. Tease. tease. of Crypticon, just for you. All right, this is Steve at the Bone Bad Show here at Crypticon 2019, and joining me now is David Howard Thornton, or Art the Clown from Terrifier himself. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Steve? I am doing great. Are you enjoying Seattle? I'm having a great time. Fantastic. Drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah, it's a good place to do that. <laughs> yeah. So our uh, podcast runs a comedy horror film festival that we've been doing since 2010, and uh, about second year, we saw the Terrifier short, oh, and yes. it was Freaking terrifying. We tried to get it, and about that time, Damien sold the rides for All Hallows. So then we weren't able to get it, but that disturbing short stuck with me. And so I was excited to see when the feature came out a couple of years ago. It was really cool. I, I find your approach to this, especially with the silence of our, your performance physically, really is both scary and often very funny as well. Well, he is a clown, so you have yes. to have a little bit of humor in there, I think. I, I think, you know, when you add humor to horror, I think it takes the audience in a bigger roller coaster ride because that, that little bit of humor can haul them into that false sense of security. So it, yes. it makes those freakier, scary moments that much more impactful. Well, and that's one of the things about running a comedy horror film festival. We're well aware of using a laugh to diffuse the tension of fear. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so you're, like you say, you're riding that roller coaster, but it also sort of sets you up like a volleyball shot oh, yeah. for the next scare. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Definitely, so, especially with the art. <laughs> so how long was the shoot for Terrifying? Um, well, it was originally supposed to be about five to six weeks, but we had some setbacks, as you do on independent, small-budget films. Sure, sure. So it took about a year and a half off and on filming because we, um, we. So you weren't you weren't soaked in blood for six oh, straight weeks. Oh, thank God, no, 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 no. that was off and on, you know, because we added some extra scenes like the decapitation scene and yes. the work scene we added in later on. So okay. I actually wrapped four different times in the film. <laughs> so originally, oh yeah, uh, first time I got a big cake, then I had a smaller cake. I basically had a donut, and then they're like, <laughs> in the fourth time I was like, eh. <laughs> here's five bucks. Pick up something at Dunkin' on the way. Yeah, in. here's a food box. <laughs> so much for craft services, right? Have a sprinkle. <laughs> so I've heard rumors that there might be a little more art the clown in the future. Are you yes. guys ready to announce anything yet, or is that still in the very yes. early stage? Yes, I'm, I'm. Damien has announced that the script okay. is finished. So okay. I, right now we're looking to secure funding for the sequel. Okay. So I mean, I, we're looking. I, we're looking to all kinds of options, you know, private investors, studio support. If we have to do GoFundMe, we'll do that. Yeah, there was an Indiegogo, I believe, for the feature, right? Yeah. First one, yeah, so... Whoever wants to give us money, we'd be very grateful. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other projects that you're working on right now? Right now, no. I'm just doing a lot of, uh, well, I am doing my Nightwing Escalation series still, where I play the Joker on that. So it's, uh, it's a fan-made series about, you know, the Batman universe, so... But that's, that's been going off and on for a little while because our, one of our main characters keeps getting pregnant. So we're like, ah, we can't film because we have all these fight scenes with each other. I'm like, oh, well, you got to have a baby first. <laughs> so that's still going on too right now. But I mean, right now I'm just doing a lot of cons and, you know, okay. looking forward to starting to work on Terrifier 2. Fantastic. Well, one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Boneback Show. David, what pisses you off, man? Oh, boy. Bullies. Bullies, bullies, okay. Bullies in general. I just, I mean, I, I grew up, I was bullied a lot. And so I, I don't like people that pick on people that can't help the way they are and just mean to others like that kind of regard. So I, I, I don't, I lose all patience with people like that. So yeah. Well said, sir. I, I like to stick up for the blue guy. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us to talk on the Bone Bash Show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You bet.
Hey, this is David Howard Thornton. You might know me as Art the Clown from the movie Terrifier, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was David Howard Thornton of Terrifier, who was kind enough to chat with me at Crypticon Seattle. Thank you again, David. And following that, uh, from Ghoul in the Mirror by the Accused AD, their cover of Rick Derringer's Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Which, uh, I find quite enjoyable. Multimedia triage, sir? Yeah. Is it okay if I talk about stuff that's not necessarily terrifying? Do it. All right. So, I was watching an episode of American Gods a little while back, and this really cool blues tune came on with a bass line that was not to be trifled with. Didn't recognize the song. Did a little research. And as a result, I turned up this old album by a guy named Lee Moses. The album's called Time and Place. It's only got like nine songs on it, and two of them are covers. This guy, I don't know if he just did the one album and then went back to whatever else he was doing, but Lee Moses has some very, very cool uh, blues that you really ought to check out. And whoever his bass player was, holy crap. It's some funky, cool stuff. So Lee Moses, Time and Place is the album, and you ought to point your ear holes at it. That's that's the thing I dug out. Hmm, it the says other... here that uh, he died in 1997, and his 1971 LP Time and Place is highly regarded within the deep soul genre. Well, I mentioned it to someone who's really into jazz, soul, R&B, and they hadn't heard of him. So, I don't know. Maybe people who know about this stuff know all about the Lee Moses. But those of us who don't, now we do. This is in 2007, Castle Music issued a CD anthology of all of Moses' recordings under the title Time and Place. So, there you go. Hmm. Yeah, not many of them. So, yeah. Buy that, put that on, impress your friends. The other kind of throwback thing I've been into lately is a game called Xenonauts. That's Xeno with an X which is just really scratching my XCOM itch. It's basically XCOM, except there's a uh, fighting UFOs angle to it as well. So you're building your base, and you've got to get some aircraft together to fight the UFOs. And then you've got all that turn-based tactical combat going on on the grid with your forces that you outfit. And they're persistent forces, so as they go on, they, they level up. And if they die, it's extra super sad. But it has a really cool mechanic to it. The way XCOM works is you got two moves, basically. You move and you shoot or throw a grenade or do your thing. But, you know, move and an action. This one, you got a certain number of time units. And you can spend, you know, each thing you do takes a chunk of them. Whether it's walking forward a step, turning to the left, turning to the right, shooting your gun, throwing your grenade, reloading... So you can do a bunch of little tiny quick actions, you can go a long ways, you can crouch. So it's it's a much more detailed way to spend your time. And um, it's it's hard. It's freaking hard. I've, I've played a lot of XCOM, and I'm, I'm doing this game, and you do a couple missions, you think, all right, I'm getting these aliens on the run, and then you just, you get slaughtered. You're, you get <laughs> murdered by aliens. Wow. And you got to limp back to your helicopter and try to get home. So Xenonauts, check it out. I, I guess Xenonauts 2 is going to come out like in two months or something. I didn't even know that when I picked this game up. It's like 20 bucks on Steam. and 
I'm maybe eight hours into it, and I can tell I've I've just barely scratched the surface. I I still I've only got like solid projectile weapons. I don't have lasers yet. My guys are bleeding all over the place. And while we're on the subject of old school gaming, I'd like to bring up Blood Fresh Supply that uh, I mentioned to you the other day. I know that you uh, are a fan of things like Castle Wolfenstein and Duke Nukem, more importantly, the original game. Mm -hmm. We played quite a bit of that. And uh, back in the day, Monolith Studio put out a game called Blood, uh, where you basically have to fight your way through hell to find your girlfriend. And uh, the studio called Night Dive just released a re... uh, It isn't really a like a HD version of the game. It's pretty much the exact same game that's been ported to Steam. And uh, what's kind of cool it about it... Yeah, there you go. Uh, what's kind of cool about it, it's only 10 bucks. just came out. It's called Blood Fresh Apply, uh, put out by Night Dive. But uh, our sculptor for our Bone Bat Film Festival statues, Kevin Kilstrom, was the lead artist in that game. Yes. And so it's really cool because he's like left his mark on it. I was playing through the first level and you come into this graveyard and there's this tombstone right in the front that says KK on it. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. And so I reached out to him. This is you, right? And he's like, yes, it totally is. And uh, he says that he put a lot of Easter eggs and salutes to classic horror films in the game. So I'm really looking forward to playing through it and uh, finding what else. So again, 10 bucks on Steam. You can't go wrong with Blood Fresh Supply. Cool. I live again. Uh, okay, then. Uh, what else? Oh, and then I'm playing a, a uh, early release, not whatever they call it, early access Risk of Rain 2, which is the complete opposite of Xenonauts. It is a this game where you, you go outside without an umbrella. Yeah, you're, you're not wearing a jacket. It's kind of cold. Your mom told you to dress for the weather, but yeah. you didn't listen because, well, you know, mom. Mom. No, it's not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, kind of, it's almost a first-person shooter. It's a little bit of a, you know, the camera slightly behind you. Run around and shoot stuff kind of game. And it's everything's really, um, it's got a cool aesthetic to it. The creatures are very geometric and... It's much like um, Nuclear Throne. You can knock out a game in 10 minutes and or 15 minutes. Feel like you've, you've slayed some monsters and you're on your way to unlocking another character or another weapon or something like that. There's unlockables. There's a lot of shootables. It's just a, a big, dumb, fun shooter slash bullet hell kind of game. Risk of Rain 2. <laughs> nice. Well, I've been watching a, a few things lately. Yeah? Have you caught the uh, Wu-Tang Clan of Mikes and Men documentary on Showtime? I cannot say that I have. I No, didn't do it's it. It's a four-episode documentary about the history of Wu-Tang Clan, and it's freaking great. If you like that band, you should check it out. Falls apart a little bit in the fourth episode. Like, I sort of find a lot of music docs do. The history stuff, when they're getting good, is all super riveting. And then when it gets into the part where there was interband strife, that's always fascinating. And then when you get to the end, it sort of just goes, But (laughs) the first three episodes are well worth the price of your your Showtime uh, subscription. So check that out. Second, John Wick 3 fucking great just go cool see it. oh my I god i can't wait it's so I good wait. i think it's the best one oh, and i right. really like the other two films and this one is just insano over the top great 
ass-kicking, fighting, kung fu, gunplay, motorcycle chase, insanity. Horse I so kick, look forward to this movie. Horse-kicking, foo, knife, foo. <laughs> <laughs> you name it. it. It's fucking just balls out for two hours fun. Go see it. I, it's funny, though, how people in the audience sort of take this ultra-violence, like... There was a, a third of us were just laughing the whole time, like cracking up, and then the other people were like dead silent. And I don't know, like, what are they thinking? It's too violent. What are they thinking? I don't know. It puzzles me. But uh, great movie. You got to see it. Maybe they were mimes. Were you in an audience of like mimes? I was. It not. happens. I was not hmm. in a mime audience at all. All right. Uh, and finally, Game of Thrones is over, man. It is. Let's talk. Let's get spoilery with this motherfucker. Okay. So what, yeah, no one else on the internet is doing this. Let's do this thing. Been, by, by the time this goes out, it will have been a week. You're on your own, motherfuckers. Watch shit when it comes out. That's all I'm saying. So, what did you think of the end of Game of Thrones? I liked it. It tied everything up. I liked it. I, you know, I was I was ready to sign on to evil dragon queen taking over <laughs> and I, I was down with that if it would have been like a, an unhappy ending where she kills all her enemies and yeah now westeros is the evil empire moving moving east or moving west or whatever i was down with that but they went a different direction and you know that's most part a happy ending and i was down with that too yeah, yeah. i got so you, really you were cool with the the daenerys darth Garion twist mm-hmm her with her 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 heel turn as it were as people once that head came off you knew i knew that's it that's your fucking ass yeah she said if she's not going to be loved then she's going to be feared yeah she you know she signaled it she said what was coming (laughs) she'd had enough of your shit yeah i guess so yeah no uh, i thought it was pretty satisfying all in all i mean you know thinking about it later it would have been badass if like he had turned on her and then she had had Drogon torch him and then he stood there unscathed because he's also a Targaryen. I thought about that. I was wondering if that, that was going to happen. That would have been bad and then he killed her? I don't know. I mean, that might have felt more earned that she was evil. But I didn't have a problem with that. I thought it was, thought it was satisfying. How, how did you feel about Bran Stark being named the king of the Six Kingdoms? You know what? I'll I'll admit it. I didn't see that coming. I I didn't. I was surprised, and I thought it was wonderful. My wife called it. She, oh, did she? she said that was going to happen. Yeah, but I I dismissed her as I do. Like ah, oh, what would you know, woman? Go back to the kitchen, make a sandwich, like I do because I'm I'm that guy. Well, Not a surprise. I like it. It made sense too because since the Iron Throne was gone, he has his own chair. Hey, and first time. <laughs> Yeah, you bet. You know Westeros is to be ADA compliant. On the internet, I didn't know okay. myself. Yeah, first time Westeros, I don't really tell my wife to make me a sandwich. She would, she would punch my head off. <laughs> but yeah, I, oh, I sort of expected Jon Snow to be the begrudging, the begrudging king of the kingdom after that. But uh, I didn't have a problem with Bran because you know it seems like he has the ability to avoid a lot of mistakes that other rulers might not just through his, yeah. his vision, you know, long term being able to know yeah. everything that's going on and turning into a magic bird. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, that sounds like, I mean, I don't think you're going to get him to pass taxes or anything like that. 
He seemed I think he will. wholly disinterested in that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, guys, you go do it. I'm going to go, go, you know. I'm going to go into a dragon. You guys turn into a tree for a while. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think that should be a requirement for all future presidents. Like, yeah. you need to be able to turn into at least one animal or plant. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, kind of my, my take on the last couple of seasons and how they were shortened. George R. R. Martin didn't do the fucking work. So, you know, we don't know what kind of pie John and Daenerys ate after knocking furry boots. Was it eel pie? I don't know. Could have been It might have been pie. too rich for that. We would have known, though, if George Martin Martin had done the work. The minute that HBO lapped the books, there was going to be this problem. And so the bones are still strong, but the, it seems rushed because you don't have all of the rich character work that he brings to the table. And we're probably going to get that when and if the books ever come out. So I don't know that I feel robbed, but a, a lot of people are incensed by sort of how these, the season ended or calling it a piece of shit and things like that. I totally disagree. I thought it was pretty damn good. On the whole, yeah. a solid piece of entertainment. And especially considering... You know, you and I were reading the books when they were just books. Like, yeah. we were excited that, wow, a, a nerd property like this is going to get made into a show. And then it got made into eight seasons of a show. It didn't even get canceled. Like, and that never it, happens. It became one of the biggest shows on TV. And now we have the luxury of griping about it didn't end quite right. I'll take that. I will take yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. I'm good with that. You know, I watched a movie. I think you watched already Vice. Yeah. About Dick Cheney. Yeah. That was surprisingly good. I know, you know, people that I respect their opinions about movies have liked that movie. And I, the whole topic, I followed it kind of closely when it was happening in real life. I felt like, yeah, I saw the play. But um, watching the movie, they did one hell of a job. That, that And it was weird. It was quirky. It wasn't just a straight forward movie about you know dick cheney's rise to power and the things that he did and how he was the force behind the throne and he was untouchable and it was a it was a cool movie and i watched it with my kid who's in his first year of college and so it was really fun to go you know a character would come on screen i'd be like oh yeah he went to prison Oh, yeah, that guy went to prison. Oh, that guy's still the, uh, you know, advisor to the president of the United States today. Look, there's a former attorney general of this current president. And, oh, that guy got pardoned. He's like, well, why did that guy go to jail? For, for corruption? I'm like, nah, for fucking little boys. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, was kind of cool to be able to share this little piece of what is now, you know, a little piece of history and, and watch it with, uh, with someone who, who didn't live through it. Yeah, well, and not only that, but... Depressing is all shit. But. but a spectacular bit of acting by Christian Bale. He completely inhabited Dick Cheney. Like, you you didn't see him on the screen anymore. It was. Not at Dick. all. Yeah, amazing work. I don't know yeah. how actors do that. I don't do know how that. he does that. Yeah, I'm like, you know that's the Batman? Holy crap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. No, it was, a, it was a good film. Do you feel like, though, that if you were more conservative than you are that you would have felt like it was just propaganda? Oh, for sure. Because, well, for two reasons. First of all, if you if you say facts, somehow facts have become the enemy of conservatism. Like, it's not even about what's real anymore. 
So that movie had a lot of facts in it. You know, this guy did this thing. And to say that, oh, I'm sure that would piss people off. But right at the very end where they're, they kind of pinned everything from ISIS to you know, the, the opioid epidemic to like every goddamn terrible thing that's happening on him in that one fateful moment where he decided, yeah, I think I will try to become vice president. I, I could if you were a conservative, you would you would fucking lose your shit right then. Depending on how conservative you are, mm. because there's certainly blame for it, but you, you might feel like it's giving 100 percent of the blame. But it, it makes a very good point, and you know what? I, I'm bright enough that I can go. Oh, this is a movie with an opinion. So I don't know. What do you think? I think that it, it seemed fairly one-sided. It, it would be hard to to come to that and not feel like shots were being taken at you. Yeah, I suppose. But I'm. It's it's a pretty accurate picture of a pretty terrible man who did some pretty terrible things and and caused terrible things to happen in a big way in the world so it would be tough to look at that and it would be like looking at Pol Pot and going huh if you were pro Pol Pot you go well I don't know man at least the <laughs> the peasants had something to do I, it would it, well, uh, and there, there are true there are truths that are stranger than fiction in that story like you know, shooting a guy in the face and having him apologize to you. Right. <laughs> that really happened. That was a thing. How, yeah, do you, that, how does that happen? Yeah. No, that seems fucking weird to me. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> what You know that you're dealing with the powerful evil son of a bitch when he shoots you and you apologize for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I got my face in the way of your shotgun. I don't know what I could have been thinking. Yeah. It's yeah, on me. that's that's okay. some North Korea level crazy evil shit, uh, you know. And since we're droning on and on and on about cool actors, I'm watching this thing that you'd probably hate, but probably it's, each episode is only ten minutes long. It's on Sundance TV, and it's just got Rosamund Pike and Chris O'Dowd. I love Chris O'Dowd a lot. I like Rosamund Pike as well. It's called State of the Union. And all it is, is like for 10 minutes, it's this married couple. They're going through a hard time and they're going to go meet with their counselor, counseling, marriage counselor. I don't even know. And it's like 10 minutes of them trying to get their shit together before they go into this marriage counselor. And it's, it's watching a couple of actors who are good at their craft kind of tear up the scene they're funny they're sad and and also kind of bizarre because there's this other couple that's story is kind of getting played out where they you you see him come out of the the guy is just like like devastated it comes out of the counseling office or whatever the shit you never see the inside and he's like walking towards the pub and he his ties all askew and i mean he just looks like the worst thing in the world has happened to him and then his woman wife i don't know what she is comes out after him and she's just like furious and so it's a whole bunch of weird funny like background story that's going on with those two and now 10 minutes an episode watch a couple episodes if you don't like it don't watch it anymore jesus christ get off my dick where do you find the sundance channel do we have that 
Is that I don't. Thing? I have like basic cable. I just canceled HBO and I still have it. You it's one of those be, ones like in the middle. You canceled HBO before the Deadwood movie. You are dead to me. <laughs> what is wrong with you? The I don't know. What's Deadwood shit movie? is coming next week. Next week, it's huh? It's a week away. Oh, I canceled it, but it, it ends like in a month. I mean, right, because right. I'm two days past the Good. date where I started. So, God, I can't miss that shit. That's Jeez. like destination television. I was just going to, instead of watching that movie, I was just going to put on a cowboy hat, sit down in some mud, and say motherfucker over and over again. <laughs> Figure it's about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it's about the same thing. Dude, Dead was so fucking good. You got to catch up on that. I watched the uh, first couple episodes in the first season, and I did like it. Oh, it's excellent. It's Shakespeare with cocksucker. It's great. That's right. Cocksucker, not motherfucker. Sorry. Jeez. No, it's... I need to watch God, more of this. this show is good. I can't wait to watch the movie. It's going to be great. You got anything else you want to talk about? I got nothing. Right, I got well, nothing else to talk about. Why don't we uh, thank a few people? Thanks, of course, to Blaine Cook for joining us on the show. Check out The Accused AD on tour right now at a club near you. Also, thanks to David Howard Thornton. You can find Terrifier, I believe, streaming on Netflix right now. So uh, it'll give you chills. It is a messed up movie, but uh, not without its... Uh... Charms? I, I hesitate to say charms without its gory goodness. Our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557, or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. We have new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. And you can find my stuff, such as it is a cartoon every week or so, at mightywombat.com. We also have a Facebook page where we bone bat out on Facebook, and I've got a Mighty Wombat page. Yes, I do. you around here, bone out with your bat out? That's what I say all the time. I wake up, I say that. Yeah. MightyWombat.com. I got cartoons. I got silly pictures. I've been riffing on the California flag lately. I selling backpacks and stickers and T-shirts. Damn, man. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, you, your marketing arm is uh, going crazy lately, it looks like. Yeah, all over the place. I got to give the marketing department some kudos. Those guys, they work hard. Hey, by the way, how did your art show go? Oh, yeah, I did an art show. It was really fun. It was it was fun, like, watching people look at my cartoons. I did much more nerdy cartoons this time than, than the usual collection, and so I, it was fun kind of explaining cartoons to people who didn't get it, like, I get this weird one, but not that weird one. I'm like, okay, let me tell you all about it. I did do, I printed up the Time Travel Beyonce cartoon. I redid it and, and, and made it and framed it for people. And it was it was super cute because there was also, there were there were like uh, nerdy ones, like the, the Resistance is Futile, where they got the, the little board kids and the teacher, and it's the symbol of the formula for Resistance on the board, but... The, the coolest part was there's this gal helping out at the bookstore where I have this thing. And she's like college age, just kind of bubbly, cute, helping out. And uh, after a while, she's got all these books in her arm. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to read these because, you know, I'm, I'm doing this stuff at school. And this I, I think I'd really like to read these. Every one of those books is a book about frickin physics. <laughs> she's, you know, that's. <laughs> 
well, the smartest person in the room. And she's and she's uh, after talking to her for a little bit, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm in a satellite club. Yeah, we're, we're putting a satellite together. We're going to put it into space like holy fucking shit. And you're helping me at my art show. Wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Did you sell Definitely. any pieces? Uh, you know, that was the sad part of the art show. The whole selling thing did not happen. Last time I sold a bunch of pieces. Mm-hmm. This time I have not sold any yet. And I think it's maybe people or my stuff maybe just be a little too nerdy for some folks this time around. Yeah, live and learn, huh? Yeah, or maybe I'll go back in and find out it's all sold shit. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations again, man. That's really cool. Well, I'm thanks. happy for you. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, well, why don't we uh, wrap this thing up? Could we again? wrap this up on that depressing Thank note you. that I haven't sold any art? Jesus Thank Christ. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. we got one last tune tonight from The Accused AD. I hope you dig it. This is off of The Ghoul in the Mirror, 2019, Black State Records. And despite all the kind words I just said about Gordon, I dedicate this song to him. This is called Hate yeah? Your Friends. Once again, hate your friends. Ah. (laughs) I hope you dig it. I'm Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. Fuck off. I do have a good one. (laughs) I do have a good one. No, I do. No, I do now. I took it back. (laughs) Hate your friends.